I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Today's show is the second half of the conversations I had with five senior figures in marketing communications about the state of the industry as we close out what has been a year like no other. It's the last show of the year, and today we're focusing on 2021 and what it may have in store for brands, agencies and individuals. I say may because after the last 12 months, the idea of predicting anything at all seems utterly redundant. But the thought leaders I'm talking to today each have their own opinions, and they have views worth listening to. My guests today are agency bosses Ginny Dietrich and Katie Howell, consultants Rax Lacani and Stephen Waddington, and strategic partner James Watley. We're kicking off with James. How does he feel about being asked to try and predict what we can expect in 2021? I wrote three trends, I think, at the start of last year which I kind of, I was reading them just this morning in preparation for this. And they're all still kind of true, still happening. So I'm kind of sticking with them, which are the politicians are coming for the social platforms. We've known that for ages. Um, audio is going to keep rising and rising. You know, you see more and more investment in podcasts. You see programmatic audio coming to play. Predicted that a couple of years ago now. Um, and then stories everywhere, which is all about stories as a as a feature being rolled out cross-platform and, you know, and you see LinkedIn rolling out stories just this week. So all of those things have, have come to pass. Um, and they, they were written in January, 2019. And then I'm <laughs> looking back at this year. I'm really glad I didn't write any trends for 2020. They just all went out the window. One of the major themes in many people's trend pieces over the last two or three years has been artificial intelligence. Its impact on communications has formed the main content in countless thought leadership articles for what seems like a lifetime. Ginny has been championing AI for around five years, but during 2020, she agrees with me that development seemed to stall and the topic dropped off many people's radars. Just as human beings, when we're, when we're met with a crisis, and this has certainly been a crisis, um, we go back to what's comfortable. And you know, AI is just not, we're just not, we just don't have it wrapped among our, into our lives so much now that we can't live without it. And so it's one of those things that we probably have just said, okay, that's interesting. I want to get there, but I'm not quite there yet. And, and also the investment of it, like it's not an, a must have in a business, in business yet. So when you look at, should I lay off five people or get rid of this you know, piece of software, this artificial intelligence, then I think that's the first to go. But while AI adoption may be taking a hiatus at the present time, what about AR? Katie thinks that next year could be the year when augmented reality finally breaks into the mainstream. I think AR is going to be massive next year. And I'm really putting my... I'm really putting it out there. And the reason is that we are getting out, but we're unable to connect quite so easily. And AR, um, which, of course, Snapchat sort of leads the way on, is just such a fantastic way of bringing mobile and social and people together in that kind of space, which allows them that digital overlay. And I think there are some really good opportunities for creativity in augmented reality. Away from technology and COVID aside, 
2020 has very much been the year of brand purpose. What was simmering away for the previous couple of years with heightened interest in the environment and in diversity exploded into the public consciousness in March and April as the world went into global lockdown and the way organisations treated people became headline news. The Black Lives Matter movement and the social unrest that followed characterised the second half of the year and propelled the topic to the top of the public agenda. But how important is purpose? Here's Stephen. In terms of the tone and tenor of marketing communication. There's been this huge conversation from the outset of the pandemic about the, you know, the shift away from measuring performance through financial metrics to this focus on community uh, and the well-being of the broader well-being and good for society. And you've heard the rise of this word called purpose. You know, organizations need to have a purpose beyond a financial metric. Uh, and so there's a lot of conversation about that at the moment. But, you know, in, in my experience in working with, with brands, everyone's thinking, how the hell do I get to the end of 2020? <laughs> and, you know, I might look at that in 2021. It's, <laughs> it's, on, it's certainly people are thinking about it and planning for, for 2021. But, you know, it's, it's not from the mind. One of the major elements of the purpose debate continues to be diversity. And this is something that Rax has spent much of the year working on. Going into next year, into 2021, I think a lot of organisations are going to stop kind of fretting and talking and, and, and navel-gazing and really have to kind of uh, grasp the issue, the wider issues around diversity and inclusion for a number of reasons. But we, I think mainly because we're in this perfect storm where we've had COVID hit in 2020. Uh, employers, agencies have been forced to examine the way that they treat, the way that they actually organise their, their staff, um, the way that, that then pressure has been put on uh, the world, uh, not just our industry, uh, around Black Lives Matter. And big brands now are now coming out and saying, we now are going to put the burden of uh, proving a commitment to diversity inclusion onto our agencies globally. And we are going to you know, get rid of them if they can't somehow prove or commit or show any data that corresponds with a, a, an agency commitment to taking it seriously. So now I think there's a massive commercial pressure that, that wasn't there before. Because of this, Rax thinks that there's a danger that this creates a race to the bottom of agencies fighting to have something on their creds that acts as a stamp of approval. This can't be short-termism because it just won't work. And this is a real investment you know, across the organisation. I think traditionally we've always seen it through the lens of HR and recruitment or from a compliance issue. And now actually, you know, you've got the opportunity to, to, to flip it and say, well, what are the real benefits of this? Can it give me a competitive edge? You know, will it help me retain staff? Will it give me loyalty? You know, will it make our work better? And I think that realisation is definitely coming through. When it comes to lasting behavioural change, this is something that James has looked at. At Digitas, they produced a framework that investigates experimental behaviour change. What experiments in behaviour change are people trying? Which ones will they get rid of and which ones will they keep? So, you know, the two ones we spoke about at the time were going to do your shopping online, right? And the Saturday pub quiz with your friends and family, right? One of those things you still do. Um, there was reasons for 
one of those happening and one one reasons for the other one happening. And yet the adopted behaviour, some of it fell away, and the adaptive behaviour, some of it has kept. James cites the sad and slow death of the cinema industry as an example of this, where the adoption of streaming services has really taken off and looks set to last. Disney Plus could not have launched at a better time for the company, for the world. Even just, I think, two weeks ago, they said that Disney were now reorganising themselves around streaming. And there's been some experiments in that, you know, the way they launched Mulan, um, Tenet deciding to go to the cinema versus home, all of the cinema films being pushed to next year. That's going to take a long time to come back. And I don't know if it will get back to the to level that it was because so many people have now become adopted to streaming services and actually staying at home is all right. People's adopted behaviour has now just become behaviour. Lasting adaptive behaviour is something that can also be seen in social media, with the weird obsession that some marketers have of social media being just for the young. Now, this was never the case, but it's become more apparent this year. It absolutely is, and I have seen several duetting grandparents and 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 cottonheads dancing to various things. Uh, and as an oldie myself, I can I can vouch for the fact that I play very happily on social media. But so too does most of my neighbourhood, and we really need to get out of our heads that quite often those with disposable incomes are not those in their late teens and early twenties, but actually you know, in their 30s to 50s, and and they are on social. And it is a wonderfully intimate platform in which you are in the palm of your customers' hands, and we need to pay attention to that. There is a slight over-obsession with what's young and trending, when actually there's much more fundamentals to be done. The much more fundamentals is how can you be interesting and useful and change behaviours? And that is the crux the core of this is exactly what marketing has always been which is changing behaviors that's what I want I want you to think Heinz baked beans not baked beans you know I want to change your attitude to my brand and that's what we've got to get back to behavior change doesn't just affect marketing tactics and messaging however it's also having a massive impact on the way business is done from the setup of offices to travel and even agency structures if you're starting a business, starting an agency today, you don't need an office. Typically, an office has been 15% of, of overhead. Um, so if you're not, uh, you're not investing that in, in you know, physical space, then you've got money to either invest in, in talent, services, or workflow. And so that is the main, the primary lever that, that's causing this shift in I think in how agencies are, are doing what they do and delivering services uh, and I think every agency every agency in the mid-market that's got an office is looking at that now everyone's examining their their terms for when they can um, you know, they can they can pull out leases and and you know give notice even so even if you look at it from a macro perspective here in the states, the airlines are saying they don't anticipate business travel to come back to the levels that it was in 2019 until 2024. So here you have four years, four years at a macro level of just chaotic, not normal. If at that level, they're not expecting business travel to resume or return to the way it was for four years, imagine how that affects everything. Everything. So what can or should we expect in the next year? 
It's such a difficult question to answer, and one that I have to admit, my answer to is, I don't really know. So much is dependent on how COVID progresses through the winter. And even without that, there are the effects of Brexit and the US presidential election and the social unrest to consider. But what do my guests think? What do they see when they look ahead? The rise and the rise and the rise of dark social, which nobody appears to be, they kind of mention it, but nobody knows quite what to do with it. Uh, And not just the messenger and WhatsApp platforms, but actually the rise of the private network. Um, Guild is a a great example of a, a phenomenally active set of closer relationships that we crave and and given next year is going to be as bumpy while we 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 hopefully recover from the pandemic and and get back on our feet it's likely that private groups and you know facebook groups brands don't really know how to deal with dark social and they want to set up communities and they don't want to invest in communities and I, i had a very large rant a few weeks ago on one of my live sessions about how, how you, communities are expensive, basically, because they require a lot of attention. So I think the rise of this smaller group, which is, is almost, almost a reaction to the overweight of noise on normal social channels. As far as the professional skills go, I think it's about time anybody who works in social understood that their role sits between maths, stats, behavioural science, creativity and copy. People will understand you cannot employ one person to do social. You need a team. You need a team because you need someone who understands paid inside and out and performance and will somebody who will understand how to create, tilt your creative content um, and somebody who will understand the behavioural movement. We're seeing surges of behaviour change. Which are, which are really quite remarkable on social right now. And it, um, people who are not noticing that are missing the gravy train. Um, so there's, there's, I think you need, you know, three or four skill sets here and three or four brains that work in this and not just a digital native with no marketing or comms experience. There's been a huge energy around the startup community in the PR industry. I mean, and, and I've been tracking this since... Uh, since the March, since the pandemic. Um, and, you know, well, I think we're now up to around 20 new new starts, and that's incredibly exciting. Um, and, and there's just huge wave of innovation around practice, but also around service models. Um, and But you talk to any of the founders about, you know, what they're doing, and the biggest issue is how do you create culture within an organisation that's working virtually? Um, and you think about it, you know, the, the very process of onboarding someone from their bedroom uh, or kitchen uh, into a new work environment is, is, is really, really tough. There has been a huge turmoil, carnage even in, you know, the large agency market. Um, you know, if you've got large office, uh, large infrastructure, if you were in uh, exposed to any of the markets that have been burnt down by by lockdown. So anyone in sports, entertainment, you know, you might have had the most brilliant run business, but th- those markets have just disappeared. And when they disappear so quickly, inevitably, you know, that that's got going to have a dramatic effect on a, an organisation. So yeah, there's a lot of large agencies have reduced size. That's what Katie and Stephen think. Rax is focusing on the diversity and inclusion issue and is hopeful that 2021 will see real progress. What next year has the opportunity to bring is uh, having had 
you know, started to have those very uncomfortable conversations around our industry's uh, record on race and ethnicity and representation, we're going to slowly start seeing that broaden out into areas such as disability representation, such as ageism, neurodiversity. Um, you know, lots of really, uh, you know, equally uh, under underlooked, under you know, overly ignored issues that we haven't really come come to grips with. Um, we've now also got a lot of data across industry, and that's just getting you know better and better in terms of quality. So I think by next year we should have a very good picture that goes beyond just the, the basic head counting and, and box ticking. Um, and also, I think what, what we're trying to do, what, what, what the Diversity Network is trying to do at the PRCA, and I know the CIPR as well are, are heavily committed to this, is really sharing the best practice guidelines and, and growing those networks through social media where we can share case studies, where we can really make the positive business case that diversity is, you know, it's not a, it's not a stick. You know, it's not something to, to, for us to kind of fear, but it's something that we absolutely need, need to get right and we'll reap the benefits of it. Um, on the ethics side of things, there are a lot of alignments happening as we speak right now so that next year um, any sort of kind of non-compliance uh, or, or, or obstacles to, to, to DNI are going to be called out quite rightly, there's some bad practice happening out there. And I think a lot of practitioners in our industry feel empowered now, emboldened to whistleblow in full knowledge that they've got the weight of, of you know, <laughs> the industry behind them. So I think we've got some real positive platforms to tell those stories. And, and I, I definitely hope that next year, we, I don't think we'll, next year will be the end of our journey at all. I don't think there is an end. But I think by the end of 2021, I think, we'll have a real line drawn uh, on, on kind of what acceptable is and what unacceptable is. Ginny and James, meanwhile, are really interested in what happens with continued technological adoption and the impact that this will have on how we do our jobs. You know, I, one of the things that I'm embroiled in, for better or worse, is the communications industry. And I, I am seeing, from a technology standpoint, we're starting to talk about the communications stack where there's always, there's always been a marketing stack, but communications has been sort of put in the corner and they're like, okay, you can have your media database and you can use spreadsheets. And now we're starting to hear a little bit more about what the communication stack looks like. And so from a, from a technology standpoint, I, I don't necessarily know that it'll happen next year, but I would venture to guess in the next 18 to 24 months, communications departments will will get their own budgets for their for their technology stack. But I, I we're not there yet. Um, and you know, there's a lot of conversation in the SpinSucks community about what CRM do I use and what marketing automation software do I use and do I still need a media database and how am I doing project management? There's a ton of that kind of conversation happening right now and, and has been for probably the last 30 to 45 days. So people are thinking about it, but just from the an industry perspective, I don't, yeah, I think you're right that marketing eats our lunch from that perspective. The brands that traditionally have worked hard to understand consumer, to understand trends, like this is a massive global seismic event. Nobody saw it coming. You know, it's, it's a one of a kind black swan, right? And it's the brands that, you know, I, I kind of, 
playfully refer to them as grown-up brands, right? The grown-up brands have have got researchers, insights teams, you know, working with strategists on their agency side. Um, the grown-up agency groups have got strategy and insights teams, you know, all working ahead of the get or working on the pulse of the game to go, right, this is what's changing. This is what's happening. Right, now we need to play some bets. And I think if you are coming into next year thinking, right, how do we adjust? You've already missed it. Your adjustment period is now. You know, and the fact that it is such a global event, there's going to be, you know, looking back, it's going to be right pre-COVID, post-COVID. You know, in a generation's time, it's going to be what's the first, you know, this thing that you can remember growing up as a kid. Actually, COVID was the only thing that I could remember because that's what I grew up with. And, you know, brands have to adjust now and are adjusting now. And I think if if you're going into next year thinking, right, how do we how do we cater for the new world? You're you're already behind. The new world is already here. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Ginny, Katie, Stephen, Rax and James for giving me their time and their insight for the last two shows. And I'd also like to thank you for listening to Digital Download. The show recently passed 20,000 downloads and I'm extremely grateful to anyone who's listened in the last three years. I'll be back with new shows and new guests in 2021, but in the meantime, have a safe, peaceful and happy festive season. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.